This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Hello and welcome back to Counsel for Life. This is Eliza. I'm one of your hosts and I'm here with Beth. Hi, Beth. How are you doing? I'm great. Good to be Eliza. It is. It's great to be back. We have had some amazing conversations and we're hearing from you all. It's great to see lots of people listening and commenting and engaging with us. I know I've gotten some some text messages from people who are so excited about this podcast. And so we just want to say we're excited that you guys are on this journey with us talking about really important subjects, really from a biblical perspective, but also bringing a um, a perspective that is a little even broader of like what it means to be a human in a human body facing real life situations and how does the Bible fit into that. And um, yeah, so we're trying to cover subjects that are really relevant. And today, one of those subjects that we're covering is the topic of shame. And that is a big subject like other subjects we've talked about. And I think it can sometimes be a confusing topic, like just understanding like what it is and what it's about. And so Beth, I'm going to kind of hand this over to you because I know you've talked about this, you've, you've taught on this, and I think it's going to be helpful for you to engage with it, but can you just kind of start out with like, what is our experience with shame and what does it mean as a Christian? Um, Yeah. Can you just kind of jump in there and give us some, some clarity on this? Yeah, that is, it's, there are a lot of things we could say. And so to you guys, our listeners, just want you to know, we're going to scratch the surface today. So um, as you are listening and you have other questions or thoughts, you know, give us some feedback about this, but also we want to provide you with some other resources in the show notes as well, because it is a big topic. But when we think about shame, often what we, what we're thinking about is our identity. So if you've, may have heard in, even in, in messages or Christian sermons about maybe the difference between guilt and shame. And often what will people, people will say is that guilt is a sense that I have done something wrong. And shame is the sense that I am something wrong, that somehow my identity and my character is scarred or marred or broken in some way. And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes, and then we're going to take it to scripture and say, well, what do we see in scripture about shame? Because the Bible talks about shame quite a lot, but let's talk a minute about what does it mean to experience shame in a way that's unhelpful, the kind of shame that is debilitating to us. What is that? So, so generally when I talk about shame with, with clients and with friends, I'm talking about this sense that I'm not enough. I'm just not enough. I I'm, I'm not measuring up and no matter what I do, there's something wrong with me. So when things go badly in our lives, we are wired to make sense of that. When something bad happens in your life, you want to make sense of it. Your brain is wired to do that. We are designed by God to create order out of chaos. And so in our brains, even we're trying to create order. And and when we do that in hard, hard circumstances, sometimes we feel this sense of helplessness. Wow. Something went really badly and I couldn't fix it, or I didn't fix it. I didn't make it better. I couldn't stop it from happening. And What often happens for us is that in doing that, we make sense of the pain by placing blame and usually on ourselves because myself is really the only thing I control. I I have a sense of that. I know that 
I make choices and I have to deal with those choices. So if, if something really bad happens to me and then I can sort of in my brain say, well, it happened because I am bad or I am not enough or I'm unworthy. Uh, then somehow it feels almost like this. It's very strange, but it's almost like this shield around us or like a warm blanket of, oh, my shame just, it, at least it gives me an answer for why this hard thing is happening to me. I can say, well, it's because I'm broken. What's well, because I'm not enough. This, that this hard thing is happening or this, or I did this thing. It, I'm just broken. And so it's really common for us to call ourselves names like dirty, broken, shameful. And we do this as a way to make sense of painful things, painful life circumstances. And that's all, I mean, like, that's just the human experience. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, this is, this is part of what we do. And even, you know, I work exclusively uh, with victims of trauma, uh, survivors of trauma and with trauma, it's huge. If somebody does something to me, that's awful. And I can't make sense of someone doing something that terrible. I will often turn it on myself and I'll say, well, it must've been my fault. I'm, something must be wrong with me. And that is normal. It is a normal thing for that to happen. And that's probably a whole different topic. We'll talk later, I'm sure, about um, the effects of, of trauma on our, our minds and hearts. But it's just a really common thing for us to sort of turn inward whenever hard and painful things happen. And then, like I said, shame can become almost like a shield uh, around us. To it, it keeps us protected, so to speak. If I'm broken, if I'm unworthy, then I'm kind of in a place where I'm not really needing to take risks. I I'm, I'm able to shield myself from further pain by kind of removing myself almost from the risk of relationships, the risk of trying again, getting up off, off the floor, so to speak. These are all things that in shame, when we are experiencing shame, we just feel really stuck. Mm. And, and uh, so I'm not saying that you know, the, the, how to combat shame is just get up and do something. That is not what I'm saying, but I'm saying the experience of shame is often just that I can't, I can't get up. I can't move. And so then we're shielded from further harm in that sense. It works, right? Like it works for us because we're trying to shield ourselves from further pain, um, in that, in that sense, so to speak. And so relationships, vulnerability with other people, these are hard, hard things and then if you, if you have this sort of label on yourself of I'm unworthy, I'm not enough, then it's even harder to engage yeah. in relationships vulnerably. Yeah, that's so good. And as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking this is going to be helpful for people. I'm sure a lot of what you just said, some people are really clicking with because the truth is just like you mentioned, we are meaning makers. That's just how God has designed us. We are meaning makers and we, we take our circumstances and we take our situation and we try to make the, the meaning out of it, like try to make sense of this. And that's what it means to be human. But sometimes we don't have the right source or the right information, or we're, we're leaning um, in the wrong direction, if you will, mm -hmm. when it comes to where we're getting that meaning. So I think that's so important. And as we think about this, then if that's true, which it is, if we're, we are meaning makers and sometimes the meaning ends up casting a light on us that really is, um, is it, it starts to create an identity that is different than what God says about us. I don't know, speak to that a little bit. Like, I know you kind of mentioned about how, um, the Bible actually speaks about shame. So maybe 
lead us in that direction now. So you set us up so good with what it is and how, how we tend to move into it. So what does the Bible say about it? Well, you know, the Bible talks about shame right out of the gate, Genesis chapter three, three chapters in here, we are in this moment of shame where Adam and Eve sin against God. And the first thing they do is hide. And that's, that's, that's what shame is, right? That this idea of, oh no, something really bad. I need to run away. And so this hiding, and then you see them blaming, um, blaming one another, blaming the serpent. Um, you can go and read that story in Genesis chapter three. It's fascinating that it's so immediate, they immediately hide and they immediately sew these leaves together to cover themselves because they realize they're naked. And all of this is, is, is what's happening in the human soul when we sin, but also when sin is committed against us. And when we experience the fallenness of our world, the instinct is to hide or to minimize or shift blame. Like these are things that are instincts for us because we are born into, we are children of Adam. That's what, that's what Paul tells us in Corinthians. We are all children of Adam. So we're all born into this idea of wanting to shift blame or hide or minimize when things get really harder when we sin. And so uh, it's all throughout the Bible and in the Bible, especially in the old Testament, there's a lot of, of working out of what is maybe a good kind of shame that, that, that we should feel ashamed over our sin. We should sense that when we sin against God there, that is something that needs to have a solution. And okay, quickly. hold on for just a second, because at least what I heard you say is like, there's a, there's something about shame in the Bible that can be good. Mm-hmm. And this is like, so what I heard you kind of say is like, when it shows us our sin, is that like, like flesh that out tiny bit more? Yeah. So in the immediate, let's take Adam and Eve, for example, in the immediate, when they sinned against God, there was a moment of decision there. There was a moment of, of, of clarity. What do I do now? And what they chose was to hide. But that moment when sin occurs, when struggle occurs, we have an opportunity and we serve a God who gives us the opportunity with open arms to come running towards him in that moment that feels shameful, right? So there's a moment of, uh, wow, I really messed up. right? Like I, I really messed up. And then, and then in that moment of realization, there's an action item. Like we get to say, okay, what's, so what do I do with that? And again, our instinct is to run and hide into this, this cycle of shame of I'm not enough. I got to hide. I got to cover. I got to blame somebody, all of that. When really we've got this loving, beautiful, wonderful father with open arms, who says, come over here to me in that moment. When you have that moment, that sinking feeling, everybody knows it of, mm-hmm. oh no, that moment is an invitation from our God to come. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I think the, the, the difference there is that like when we have done wrong, when we have strayed, when we have um, sinned, shame can actually draw us back to God. However, there's some circumstances like you were talking about earlier where we haven't sinned. Maybe somebody has sinned against us and we end up taking that shame in a wrong direction. But there is a direction where when we have violated what God has called us to do or called us to be, that that shame draws us back. Is that kind of what you're saying to the Lord? Yes, it's meant to. And I think people who are stuck in cycles of sin, even addiction, various, I mean, that's a, that's a larger Mm -hmm. conversation addiction is, but um, Mm -hmm. let's say you have a certain thing that you just keep falling into over and over again. And every time you do it, there's a little more hesitancy to run towards the Lord because you have this thing in your head that says, Oh, 
oh, I've done it again. Is he going to forgive me this time? And even if in your brain and you read in scripture, he forgives us over and over again, there's something in you that says, no, oh, it's just too much. It's one too many times. And so you go and hide like Adam and Eve did. And you, you cover and you blame and you move things around, you maneuver instead of running to the Lord. So the running to the Lord is the remedy for the cycle of shame that moves us into an identity that's not of him. Mm. He, running to him is the remedy and we do it every single time. He wants us to do it every single time and to do it right away. You know, as soon as there's a realization of sin, as soon as there's a realization uh, that we have fallen short of God's glory. So then this is a, this is a constant thing we're doing all the time. We're running to the Lord, running to the Lord, running to the Lord. And when we stop doing that, we will find ourselves in these moments where we're make, trying to make sense mm. of what's going on. And we end up in these cycles of shame where there's a wrong identity um, that God never meant us to live out of. Mm. And so I want to talk for a second about godly sorrow, because Paul talks about godly sorrow in the new Testament and how important it is right. for us to have right. a godly sorrow over our sin, to recognize it, to ponder it and to pay attention to what, to the effects of sin. But the beautiful thing about being believers is that because we have the blood of Christ covering our lives, we can ponder our sin. We can think hard about it. We can ask the Lord to forgive us and we can move into new ways of living and being without this sense that we are irreversibly broken. Mm -hmm. we, we don't have to live there. And when we do, we are actually uh, missing the gospel. And, and I don't say that to shame anyone or to like, tell you to hurry up and be different. I'm just making a point that we're, we're stepping out, out from underneath the umbrella of God's grace. Whenever we choose to believe something that is counter to the truth. And the truth is that the Lord is welcoming us every single moment. He yeah. loves a contrite heart. The word contrite just means I'm, I'm on my knees. I recognize mm -hmm. that I need a savior and I'm running towards the Lord in the midst of that. That's so good. So good. And so that kind of leads us then. So you've, you've kind of set us up. So then what do we do with our shame then? Because you've, you've really helped us understand what it is and what the Bible says about it, but, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, poof, it's all gone. <laughs> but can you share things or just some thoughts about what can people who are listening, who, who struggle with this, um, what can we do with, with shame? Yeah. I'm going to give four quick points. I know we're running out of time, but I want to just say to begin, I think it's important for us to slow down and understand what are some common, almost like points of shame for us. They're different for everyone. So be with a safe friend, talk mm -hmm. with someone and, and ask some questions of maybe like, so what are some common statements that I tell myself about my identity, especially when I've sinned or when when there's something hard happening, what are just some common things that I find myself saying? I can sort of mm. hear, hear the voice in my head saying, I'm not enough or I'm broken. What are some common statements? And then when somebody, here's another one that I think is, is a really easy way to look for those shame points. If somebody encourages me, is that hard for me? Do I reject it internally? Ooh. Do I automatically say, oh, that's not true. And mm. why is that? Like what's happening there? I just want to be curious about that because we are meant to receive encouragement from others. That's a good gift yeah. from God. Wow. That is so worth like pausing for, because the truth is like, how many times have people been like 
encouraged or complimented. And it's like, you kind of like reject it or you, there's something in you that kind of was like, oh no, I have to counter that. Um, no, like, I love what you said. We're actually meant to receive encouragement. The scripture says, encourage one another, which means you're supposed to receive that encouragement. So I think that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. So that's the first thing to just kind of explore. What are some of my common shame points? Because then when they happen, you will be able to hear them happening Mm. a bit more readily. So the other thing is that when you have that moment, so think about Adam and Eve, I wish that um, when they ate the fruit, they weren't supposed to eat, that they would just have been able to slow down and breathe and listen, listen to their hearts, listen to the truth, take a breath when they heard themselves saying these messages of like, oh no, I'm not enough. I've got to hide. I've got to run. Um, If you're struggling to hear yourself, almost like the voice in your head that says, I'm not enough, ask the Lord for discernment. That's, that's what discernment is, is, is show, show me what might be counter to the gospel that I'm hearing in my head. Help me to hear that. Cause if I don't know what it is, it's going to be hard to fight against it. So ask, asking the Lord to help us slow down and listen to those internal voices and just to be curious about them. So that's the second thing. And then third, we want to find the source. Like this is uh, maybe another topic, but I certainly believe that uh, there's origins to some of these shame messages. They started somewhere. And for a lot of us, they started way back in childhood. Some of these shaming messages, maybe someone spoke that over you, or maybe you spoke it over yourself, even as a young child, Mm -hmm. trying to make sense of hard things happening in your life. So it's important for us to think about that. And really that's what a counselor is trained to do. So that's a bit more, um, you know, clinical type thing that you might do, uh, some work with a counselor to just think through where did that come from? Because I want to heal and I want to root that out because I only want to believe what is true of me, right. That God says is true of me. That's what I want to believe. I'm glad you said that because when, when you said, you know, this is what a counselor is trained to do, because when you bring that up of like, where does this come from? I think a lot of people, including myself will sometimes be like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know where this came from. It just feels so natural for me to think this way. And so, yeah, don't feel like you have to know, I think is another thing. Like this is where um, you're not meant to do life alone. And so getting with somebody who has been trained, whether it's a, a professional counselor or a lay counselor, biblical counselor, whatever it is to be able to kind of let's go back and think through when was the first time I remember feeling this way and kind of exploring like what, what was around that. So I think it's helpful and encouraging. And I know it is for me to hear, like, you don't necessarily have to always know. Sometimes we need other people to help us to know. Absolutely. And then the last thing I would say is just that we need to remember the rescuer. I mean, mm-hmm. Isaiah in Isaiah 61 prophesied about this savior who would come and set captives free. We are not meant to live in captivity to these negative beliefs that are not actually true, but we're living out of this almost like a system of belief uh, that really keeps us captive, that really holds us down from the, the abundant life that Jesus said he meant to bring us. And so it is really important that we keep our eyes on him, that we keep coming towards him, recognizing that he he's not saying I'm not enough. He's not saying I'm worthless. He's not saying he, he loves me so much. He came and died so that he could bring me into God's family. That is huge. Amen. That is the opposite of worthlessness. And so it's just important that we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and have others help us do that when we're struggling in those ways. So good. So good. Well, this was great to hear. I am so encouraged that you have given people such great direction. And um, that's really what we want to do in these episodes. We want to give you some direction on things that are pretty common to man type stuff. So if you are somebody who deals with shame, 
consider sharing this with a friend and talking with them about it. And um, maybe even talking about what it could look like to, to see a counselor or talk to a pastor or talk to a friend. Um, and we will put more information as Beth has already said, we put more information in the show notes, just a little bit more uh, details, resources that you can look to. But we also want to tell you that we have a website where all of these podcasts are listed as well as the show notes. So you can go to Council for Life Podcast. Dot com and you can subscribe and you will get these episodes right in your inbox so we encourage you to go there and as with many other podcasts we are on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple and Pandora so we would encourage you to share this with friends and um, we're so glad you're listening with us one of the things that we do every week is we share a little bit of a, a story about ourselves and it's my turn to ask Beth. And I know we've been talking about some, some pretty heavy subjects over the past few weeks and, and shame is a heavy subject, but um, maybe we'll just try to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shame often is equated with maybe things that embarrass us or make us feel a little bit. Um, yeah. Just like, oops, that was awkward kind of moment. So I'm sure, I'm guessing if you are like me, I could actually share quite a few on these podcasts of these uh, moments where I just felt, oh my gosh, that was embarrassing. Not necessarily shameful, definitely doesn't fall in the category of I need to bring it into my own identity, but maybe I can laugh at it. Is there anything that you would be willing to share with us that um, you do have quirky moments, right? You do have embarrassing moments. Yes, but now you just need to know, I'm going to get you back for this one. You're asking me. (laughs) (laughs) you're asking me to share. Uh, Well, I will say one thing, and it actually does, did lend itself to shame. That's maybe a different conversation later. I had to work some things out in my heart, but when when we were first starting this episode or this podcast on the very first episode, I was just learning how to put everything up on our RSS feed website and getting everything situated. There's a lot of questions that they ask you about the type of information it is and who it's for and all that. And I, I did it and I put up the first episode and I was so proud. And I showed my son, my 17 year old, I said, look, and I showed him on the phone, look on Apple podcast. Here's our thing. And he looked at it and he got this look on his face. He said, why does it say it's explicit? (laughs) And I said, wait, what? Oh, is that what that little E means next to it? Oh my gosh. What did I do? And then I couldn't figure out how to get it off. Oh no. And I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. We've got a Christian podcast and it's explicit. <laughs> and I, I don't know what to do. There may actually be people that want to listen to it. If it's, you know, who knows? But I, I was like, I got to fix this. And I, I scrambled. I mean, it was like three hours of trying to figure out how to get rid of that little mark that says it's explicit. I think I fixed it. But just so you guys know, if you're on episode one and it says it's explicit, that was an accident. We did not say anything explicit, but it certainly lent itself to my sort of performance. You you have to do everything right. That's maybe a different episode, but like, you got to get it right, Beth. And so I had to really do some breathing and trusting in the Lord that it's okay. Like, even if it says it's explicit, it does not mean anything about my character or Eliza's character. <laughs> so that's my, that was my quirk related to the yes. very first episode of our podcast. It is our goal not to do explicit episodes, but yeah, we try not to. 
Oh, that's great. Well, that's us. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We hope this episode has been helpful for you. And if it has, we encourage you to share it with your, your friends, share it on social media. And we look forward to you joining us here again for another episode of Council for Life. Thanks for listening to Council for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit Council for Life podcast dot com.